You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to our podcast this month. We're talking about the Psalms, and I'm only going to cover two or three of them because there's so much in them. So we could probably do a whole year on the Psalms, and it it wouldn't hurt a thing. Uh, But for our purposes today, we're going to cover uh, or begin covering Psalm 19. So I want to turn your attention to it. I'm reading from the New King James Version which says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Basically, it says that the skies reveal the work of the Creator. Now, a lot of people are um, uh, unaware of this, but the constellations in the beginning were originally meant to teach us about the plan of God. They weren't used for occultic purposes. They were hijacked. But you have to remember, Satan's never created anything. He takes things that are good and he perverts those things for evil purposes. A wonderful book called The Witness of the Stars, written by a man named E.W. Bullinger. If you want to dig into this, uh, he goes into great detail about what each of those constellations meant and how they foretold the coming Messiah. And you can see it in the Virgin and in the lion and, and so forth, all of the different things. And, 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 and it's, it's way beyond my pay grade. So I'm just telling you that that's part of what's being said here. The, in fact, the wise men, we understand, came to uh, Bethlehem to worship Jesus after he was born based upon something they had seen in the heavens. And the prophets had declared that the stars would witness things that pertain to uh, the coming Messiah. So this this is not an unscriptural idea at all. Now, a modern day horoscope and astrology, yes, that's all corrupt and you don't need to be uh, involved in that. And as wonderful as this program was, we have an even better way of finding out what God is and who God is and what he wants for us through his written word. But in the beginning, God witnessed to the world through his created universe that he was indeed God. Let me read to you. The heavens declare the glory of God. The word God here is El. It's a word that in various forms appears 2,700 times in the Old Testament. And it refers to God as uh, creator. The firmament shows his handiwork. In other words, uh, we can see the work of God's hands. You're coming and you're looking at his hands when you look at the creation. And uh, I remember being on top of uh, a 12,800-foot peak in New Mexico one night, about 10 o'clock, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky, and there was no moon that night. And, oh, the stars were unbelievable. Dry air, and and it was so amazing to see uh, the stars in a dry, dry climate at that altitude. And I I was blown away. It, It took my breath away. And uh, how anyone could say there is no God after looking at all that, you, 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 you had to be crazy. But anyway, for six verses here in, in Psalm 19, David describes the witness of the sun and the stars 
in a very poetic way. He says, day unto day utters speech, night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, no language, where their voice is not heard. Now, uh, the literal Hebrew says, no speech, no words, and voice without hearing. In other words, the stars don't say anything. There's nothing you can hear, but yet they make a statement. Their sound has gone throughout all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. Now, uh, uh, the ancient people were so much more aware of the things that happened in the heavens and the orbit of the sun, and ha- or not the orbit of the sun because we orbit the sun, but the path of the sun in our sky. And it would go through the constellations, and it was said that the sun was in this constellation. Well, you couldn't see anything in the daytime when the sun was out, but at night they had an understanding of exactly where the sun had tracked that day, and they knew that the sun would be in a particular constellation. And so that's what it says, that he has set a tabernacle for the sun, a tabernacle is a temporary dwelling place. So the sun was said to have dwelt in each of these 12 constellations. And so in them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. You know, if you've ever seen an Olympic athlete uh, preparing to run, in, in, even in high school you see it, the sprinters, the guy with those big old bulging thighs and, 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 and have those very muscular legs, they're jumping up and down. They're full of adrenaline. You, you can see them brimming with energy before the race ever starts. That's the picture of the sun. You can see before the sunrise how that the sky in the east is lightening up, and you can see the anticipation, and, and what a beautiful description of a, of a sunrise. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. So the skies were meant to proclaim the message of the Messiah, the coming Messiah to the people of earth. And it's no wonder that today six out of seven people on this planet believe that there is a God. They don't all believe in the God of the Bible, but six of seven believe in a creator God that created the universe. Now, in verse 7, Psalm 19, David seems to change the subject entirely. And he says, the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. Now, here's what I want you to see. He's making a contrast because the universe, as amazing as it is, is not perfect. It's a fallen universe. It has been affected, according to Romans 8, by the sin of man. And so the universe is not in a perfect condition. But but conversely, David says in Psalm 19:7 that the word or the law of the Lord is perfect. It's amazingly perfect. And so he's saying, now God has now moved from showing us where his hand has been into actually giving us his hand. So let me read what the scripture says in, in, in Psalm 19:7. the law of the Lord. Now I'll stop right here. The words the Lord are different words than God in verse 1. In verse 1, the word God is El, which implies the Creator God. But now He's Yahweh in Psalm 19.7, and this implies a relationship, a covenant relationship. The best way for me to describe this is in the first six verses here. It's like us looking at a man, whereas in the following verses from 7 and on, we are looking at a daddy. 
And so not all men are daddies. Not all men are your daddies. But what you see in this scripture is that God has moved us from just being creator into being in relationship with us. And that's what he's saying. He's saying to us, I want to show you how to come into relationship with me. And whereas before you could see where my hand is bent, I want to actually give you my hand. Now, I read this psalm many, many times and didn't fully realize what God was doing until I started digging one day. Let me read you these verses. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now, in the beginning, I just kind of looked at it at a glance. I said, oh, that's a, why is God doing this? He's just uh, saying the same thing five times, but he's not. There are five different words here that pertain to the law of God. One doesn't. One pertains to the effect of the law of God. Of course, we'll get into that. But there are the words law, testimony, statutes, commandment, and judgments. And these are all different words, and they all mean something different. And they each imply that God's Word has different purposes. It does different things, and it's very much like the hand. Your hand is composed of five digits, but each one of them has a totally different purpose. They are not exactly the same. Um, you know, if you want to scratch your ear, what do you do? You use your little finger. It gets into your ear. I, I went to school with a kid who had lost hit the tip of his little finger from the knuckle joint down to the end, had been uh, cut off in a farming accident. So he had a nub right here. And occasionally he would scratch his ear with that nub. Well, we had a guy in our junior high class who wasn't all there. He he was a sweet kid, but he, 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 he was, I think, one brick shy below. And he looked over at this kid who had lost this end of his finger and the kid had the nub up in his ear, and this simple-minded kid was looking at him, and he couldn't believe that he could actually push his little finger that deep into his head. He said, Don, how are you doing that? Of course, we all laughed because we all knew that Don had lost that part of his finger, but this kid didn't know that. And so he was fooled by the fact that Don had uh, that nub up in his ear. And uh, so uh, what I want you to see is that each one of these fingers serves a different purpose. If, if someone says, which way is Oklahoma City? You wouldn't point with your little finger and say, well, it's that way. You would use your index finger. When someone asks you for a way, you point with your finger. So each one of these fingers has a unique purpose in teaching us something about God, and each finger is compared to law, testimony, statutes, commandment, or a judgment. And then there is the fear of the Lord, which is not part of His Word. It is the effect of His Word on us. We'll get into that. But what I want you to see is in this psalm, God is saying, you have seen what I've done in the skies with my hands. Now let me give you my hand and I'll walk with you hand in hand. That is what God is communicating. And it, this is very Hebraic because in, in, in Hebrew, um, the emphasis is on making things concrete. 
How do we learn God? We learn God by being very concrete. And that's why all through the Old Testament, God compares himself to a rock. Uh, God, uh, Jesus compared the Holy Spirit to wind. You, you see that he uses these concrete ideas to communicate truth. Well, that's all the time we've got for today, but we're going to pick up here tomorrow, beginning Psalm 19, verse 7. So I'll see you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.